Welcome to this uh, VAR podcast. This is actually um, the first co-authored pod that I've done with uh, one of my colleagues, Alex. The aim was just to try and get a couple of voices on the pod. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy two monotone voices rather than just one. And let us know what you think. VAR. Valuable, accurate or rubbish. VAR has well and truly arrived in the Premier League. And it would be fair to say it's caused quite a stir. Despite a relatively steady, although not entirely convincing, start to life in the top flight, a recent flurry of high-profile and contentious VAR decisions has seemingly shifted public opinion away from the technology. Fans and pundits have become increasingly sceptical, leading to calls for VAR to be suspended or scrapped entirely. Gary Lineker recently tweeted, Sick of VAR. In its present state, it is killing the game was always going to take time to settle down, but they couldn't be getting it more wrong than they currently are. Jamie Carragher also explained on Sky Sports that he initially favoured giving VAR a chance, but that he could no longer support it as we're now spending double or triple the amount of time talking about VAR decisions. A cursory Sunday evening search on Twitter for VAR would suggest Mr. Carragher is not alone in his anti-VAR opinion. The VAR protocol and the Premier League. Before we get into the merits of VAR, it's worth taking a step back and recapping the basics. The International Football Association Board, IFAB, which acts as the independent guardian of the laws of football, created the VAR protocol. The key principle is that VAR will only intervene in the event of a clear and obvious error or serious missed incident in relation to one of four match-changing incidents, goals, penalties, straight red cards and mistaken identity. There are no exceptions to this, so if none of these trigger events take place, VAR will not intervene. The Premier League, however, has sought to implement its own nuanced interpretation of the VAR protocol in order to minimise disruption and interference to the game. Premier League officials initially imposed a high threshold for VAR intervention and advised on-field referees not to use the pitch-side monitors and to trust the advice coming from Stockley Park. Factual decisions. While some decisions will always have an element of subjectivity, for example, fouls and red cards, others are more binary. The best example is the offside rule. A player is either offside or not, whether by one centimetre or 10 yards, and VAR is expected to provide the correct answer every time. The problem is that human error is continuing to creep in. Take David Silva's goal against Aston Villa as an example. De Bruyne's in-swinging cross went all the way through the crowd and into the back of the net. VAR wanted to check whether Silva had touched the ball, because if he did, then Sterling would have been offside and the goal would have been disallowed. Despite one of the camera angles seemingly showing a touch of Silva, VAR didn't spot it and allowed the goal to stand. VAR's cover was blown when the dubious goals committee ruled it as a David Silva goal. Another binary decision is whether the ball hits an attacking player's arm or hand in the lead-up to a goal. Think of Gabriel Jesus' injury-time strike against Tottenham. This is a new rule introduced by IFAB, and the expectation is that VAR should have a 100% record in this area too. However, again, 
Mistakes have shown that VAR is not immune from human error in these black and white decisions. As Fabian Shah's equaliser for Newcastle against Watford back in August should have been disallowed because of a handball by Isaac Hayden in the build-up. Subjective decisions. The nature of football dictates that, for other incidents, subjectivity will always remain. What some people see as a foul, red card or deliberate handball, others may not. For these decisions, significant weight will be given to the on-field referee's initial real-time perception of an incident, and VAR will only intervene where there's been a clear and obvious error. As mentioned above, at the outset of the 2019 season, the Premier League, initially at least, appeared to be imposing its own high threshold for clear and obvious interventions. The issue with these subjective decisions is that there will always be an element of subjectivity. VAR has simply shifted the lines. Whereas the question was previously, is that a foul? The question is now, has the referee made a clear and obvious error in not awarding the foul? Both are subjective decisions. A recent Twitter exchange with Gary Lineker illustrates the point, where we debated the question of whether Divock Origi was fouled in the build-up to, to Manchester United's opener against Liverpool. Interestingly, the early criticism levelled at VAR was that the threshold for intervention was being set too high. In the first nine rounds of Premier League games, no penalty or red card was awarded by VAR. Indeed, Premier League referee chief Mike Riley later admitted that VAR should have intervened on four occasions in the opening weeks, three of which related to subjective decisions. As winter has approached, however, there seems to have been a shift, with VAR seemingly applying a far lower clear and obvious threshold for intervention. One example was the decision to award Brighton a penalty after Everton's Michael Keane was judged to have fouled Aaron Connolly by stepping on his foot. The concern among many, including the authors, is that an on-field subjective decision is simply being replaced with a second subjective view. The difference is that fans expect the VAR subjective review to be rolled out consistently across all matches. It is this potential inconsistency which has led many to articulate their frustrations. Just you wait. It's coming, and when it does, it will be a defining moment in the VAR story. The situation almost occurred in the Liverpool versus Manchester City game at Anfield in early November. Bernardo Silva darted into the Liverpool box. The ball ricocheted off Liverpool's Dejan Lovren back onto Silva's arm before then hitting Liverpool defender Trent Alexander-Arnold on the arm. Much to the frustration of the City players, no penalty was awarded, only for Liverpool to go down the other end and score the opening goal 22 seconds later through Fabinho's long-range strike. As soon as the goal went in, the City players asked referee Michael Oliver to check with VAR as to the rejected handball decision. With the distinct possibility of Liverpool's goal being disallowed and a penalty being awarded to City. At the time of writing, the disallowing of a goal and the award of a penalty to the other team has not yet occurred in the Premier League. When it does, the VAR debate will inevitably erupt again. The fascinating element of the Trent handball incident was that it encompassed so many different VAR intersections. There was the overall controversy 
if the handball had been given, Liverpool's goal would have been disallowed and City would have had the chance to score from the penalty spot. But even within the Trent handball, there were at least three nuanced considerations for the referee and the VAR official to consider. The silver handball, the ricochet onto Trent's arm, and where the Trent's arm was in an unnatural position when the ball struck. Number one, Silver's handball. Many first reactions to the silver handball from Lovren's attempted clearance was to suggest that a handball offence had occurred as an attacking player had handled the ball in the lead-up to a goal-scoring opportunity. However, IFAB Law 12 designates that if Silva did not deliberately handle the ball, it is only an offence if the attacking player gains possession control of the ball after it has touched their hand arm. As Silva did not have control of the ball after it hit his arm, no offence could have been committed. Two, Trent's handball. If there was no offence by Silva, the real question was whether Trent's action was an offence. Firstly, how did the ricochet from Silva's arm affect the referee's interpretation? The Premier League, in its guidance, suggests that players will be allowed extra leeway when it comes to ricochet balls, and specifically, a handball will not be awarded if the ball touches a player's hand arm directly from their own head, body, foot, or the head, body, foot of another player who is close nearby. The subjective element is what close nearby means. Secondly, the referee and the VAR official then needed to consider whether there was an offence if the player touches the ball with their hand arm when the hand arm has made their body unnaturally bigger. If it is deemed that the player does make his hand arm unnaturally bigger, then the guidance deems that an offence. On this occasion, the Premier League confirmed that Trent's arm was not in an unnatural position. A subjective call. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Football Law, read my blogs and listen to my previous podcasts via my website www.danielg.com forward slash blogs please do subscribe to the done deal football podcast like share and tag me if you like the content if not my voice you'll probably like my book done deal an insider's guide to football contracts multi-million pound transfers and premier league big business yes a bit of a mouthful it's available to buy in hard copy digitally and via audible all the links or in the podcast show notes. Thanks for listening and please join me again.